0: Praise the Lord, and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio at Crossway Church, and I'm excited to be gathered around God's Word with you, wherever you are, whatever time it may be. But here where I am, it's lunch, it's straight up noon, it's lunchtime, so grab your Bibles if you can, and uh, we're going to get into the Word of God today, and I've asked the Lord that He would... Uh, make this word applicable into our hearts for such a time in which we're found today in this time. and and we're just so uh, grateful to be here doing what God's called us to do and excited about it every moment. Praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Before we dig in today, I just want to say uh, how our hearts are grieving for the loss of our brother Dale Hunt to passed away. Uh, early yesterday evening and uh, he is with the Lord Jesus Christ now you all know brother Dale and 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 we we uh, we're gonna my goodness we're gonna see him again very soon and uh, we're just so thankful for brother Dale's life and that the Lord allowed us to be a part of that Christian life and what a testimony he has what a testimony he has and just the Lord did uh, amazing things in his life, saved him and kept him and, and gave him a fire through the the, the the faith of Christ and him crucified. And he's been such a blessing for many years to the body of Christ, especially here in our region that we live. And we're gonna miss him. And we're so sorry for the families lost. and uh, But we're rejoicing all the way to the finish line where we're going to see our brother again. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Uh, Don't forget everything we do here at Crossway Church you can find on the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316. And we're now using Podbean instead of Spreaker. And you can find our channel, for those who have ears to hear, or my name, Curtis Hutchinson, on the Podbean app. And that's P O D. B-E-A-N, Podbean App. And it's right on our webpage, thecrosswaychurch.com, our website, right to the left, about center way down, you can click on that, listen to the previous messages, or uh, you can click on the word Podbean there, and it'll take you to the to the to the app or the or the website where we have over a thousand messages there for your convenience to to listen to and to learn the Word of God in truth that will show forth the righteousness of our Savior, Jesus Christ, to you. And you have to see that, my friend, to be on that path of righteousness. So, also, I have a Curtis Hutchinson Facebook page and I have a Pastor Curtis Facebook page. On both of those, every morning sometime between 7 and 8 I make a post, Uh, right now we're in uh, the book of Psalms, as far as my Curtis Hutchinson page and the pastor uh, Curtis page, we're in 1 Corinthians, so one verse a day, in the light of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, which is the light of the whole Bible, the Lamb is the light of God's Word, hallelujah, so I ask to be my friend and, or follow the, follow the pages. And also we have a Crossway Church Queen City, Texas Facebook page where our services and these teaching sessions on Monday and Fridays are broadcast live. So you can follow along live or you can go and watch later. And so, again, that's the website at thecrosswaychurch.com. You can watch live, you can give on the website, you can order commentaries on the website, read blogs on the website, you can order Sister Angel Pieces CD on the website. So, avail yourself to those things there for your convenience. One more uh, announcement, and that is most of you know we mail 10 expositor study Bibles every week to inmates across the land and that is uh, 520 Bibles a year and so we're thankful for the opportunity God has given us to be able to do that and I would just ask you to pray about helping us do that it only takes $40 per Bible maybe you can uh, give $40 a month maybe you can give $80 a month you seek the Lord over that and help us uh, get these Bibles into the hands of these inmates who are writing us and asking for that particular Bible because they've seen their buddy in the prison system have one. And we're sending them to prison systems all over the place. So you can easily help by just texting the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. Again, that's 903 231 5950. And thank you for your help and your great support in this ministry. Praise God. Colossians chapter 1. We're starting something new today. Going to be uh, allowing the Lord to minister to us and, and apply the word of God that we see in the book of Colossians to our time now to our situations in in, in which we live, all of the Word of God is applicable for all the ages that that men have lived in since it has been written. Therefore, you know, if you want a personal word, well, then stick around for a Bible study. It's about as personal as it gets. Hallelujah. And uh, no telling what the Lord can bring out in just a simple Bible study because, again, it's the Word of God... That brings faith. And faith is that which we live by and walk in. And that is the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 1, part 1 today, on this ninth day of February, 2024, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. Now, you know me, I don't get into the, the, the things that really aren't going to be uh, uh, able to be imparted and, and, and change us and, and guide us. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that people get distracted by. And uh that, that 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 can't be imparted, can't save, can't heal, can't deliver from bondages, can't build and can't grow. So that's what the Lord wants us to find in his word, that which he desires called truth, that he can impart, that will give us liberty, get us going in in the path that he has for us, so he, he can use us and and be manifest through us. So Uh, Let's go through this, and we'll pick some of this out, and I'm thankful to be able to do that. But some of this we we won't pick out, such as, for example, uh, whether Timothy was with Paul in prison or he wasn't there with him in prison. If you try to search that out, you'll find all sorts of ideals and thoughts on it. You can go online and Google it, and this guy says this, but this guy says that. And we'll just have to settle it to this degree today, that obviously Paul is writing this letter from prison. It's one of his four letters that he wrote from prison, uh, being the others being Ephesians and uh, uh, Philippians and Philemon. And this is one of them. And what we see here is that he is speaking as if Timothy is there with him. And, and so we'll just have to leave it there. And, 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 and stay there. Well, there won't be any big debates on my part about, you know, uh, that subject, whether he was there or he just mentioned him for whatever reason. Uh, I don't know, but he's writing this letter from him and from Timothy. So I would assume Timothy would be there, but I wouldn't argue with anyone over the situation because it can't save, it can't heal, it can't deliver, and it can't give me my direction for today. And so let's look at this paul and we understand who this is this is the man who was saul and was high in the high rankings of israel among those lawyers and pharisees and uh, he was very knowledgeable in the word of god and uh, he had to be retaught the word of god when he met jesus the living word of god And uh, so uh, this is who this is. This is Paul. This is Paul, the one who's been given the mission to carry the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to the Gentile world, which he did, and to the Jews as well, which he did. And so I'm thankful for our God, you know, calling Paul and sending Paul and even through many hardships giving him the grace to to finish his course, to fight the good fight of faith and to run the race and and again let me say to finish his course which was a, a leg to be able in this race to be able to write down the beautiful truths that we have here written for us and I hope that our value of what God gave Paul to give us, I hope our value of that is growing immensely day by day. The word of God becoming more precious to us day by day, moment by moment, because this Paul was selected by God to be an apostle. That means the one he would send with a message, and it was a very special message, and and you do know that Paul wrote three-quarters of everything written in the New Testament, and that the, the, all the things the church has to know about uh, predominantly 90% of church, of what's written Paul was used by God to give us the information such as church order, the gifts of the holy spirit and and the list just goes on and on and on the the things we need to recognize that are not of God, and most importantly, in the book of romans he's, he he was given by the Lord the the great truth of actually what happened on the cross and how that plays a part in our not just daily, but moment by moment, living, and how it how how it's it's where we became servants of righteousness, where we were freed from sin, and that we're to reckon ourselves all to also to be dead indeed unto the sin nature, and the Lord gave Paul all that great revelation, my friend, so that you could glean from it, and the Holy Spirit could impart the truth that he gave Paul into your heart and I and again let me say it I hope that the value of what we read in the Word of God is becoming more precious to us moment by moment and it's not just an old Bible it's not just something we we toss around but this is something we open and we cry out to God feed us Lord the word of truth the word of the truth of the gospel of which we will See that phrase even in this first chapter here, the word of the truth of the gospel, so important. So this Paul... He writes, and he's having to make sure that they understand because many people were claiming Paul was not an apostle. He called himself, just like people out there saying today. These people, they're not determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Their faith is in their being determined to be determined. All these things, people will always come and try to judge your heart with the statements they made. And that's all they're doing. They're trying to uh, discredit wherever this message is of Christ and Him crucified. The greater the focus, the greater the determination, the greater mountains will be built by the opposition. But don't worry, as we ministered Wednesday night Zechariah, would bring the prophetic word to Zerubbabel saying that the mountain will become a plain. Hallelujah. If you missed Wednesday night's message, please go and listen to it because wherever there is a great thrust to bring the gospel to the world and to awaken the church and bring it back to its love for the gospel, that first love it experienced was through faith in the gospel, then the mountains of opposition are going to rise, but the Lord has promised uh, that by His Spirit, uh, all we got to do is keep our eyes and our hearts dependent upon where the grace of God was tasted by Jesus through His death t- to become a river to us to watch all the opposition. Though it be like a mountain, it will crumble and fall <coughs> through the great work of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace. And I'm thankful today for those who carry this gospel and carry this determination to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified and aren't willing to, 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 to slack and hinder and allow th- things to come in and Paul refused to do that in his day and we refuse to do that in our day. We fight the good fight of faith, and a part of that, my friend, is to is to protect the flock, and we must do that at all times, at all cost. And so Paul here claims he's an apostle, but he's not just an apostle. He's not just a messenger sent. Jesus Christ has given him a message, given him these words, and Jesus Christ has sent him, and it's by the will of God. God's will, through Christ Jesus, has called Paul and set him apart unto the gospel. And this is why the apostle Paul would say in another place, He says, woe unto me if I don't preach the gospel. The the gospel is Christ and him crucified. Hallelujah. Woe unto us if we don't preach the gospel. So Paul here, this apostle, it's it's a servant of Jesus Christ, a messenger of Jesus Christ, and it's all by the will of God. And he's he's having to write this, Not just to be writing, not just to be declaring this, but for the sake of the people being able to trust him and trust God through what Jesus is giving him because as I've already stated, many come along behind the true messengers and belittle them. It's gone on for years even uh, as we've tried to minister the message of the gospel. Many have followed many in the shadows have said little uh, uh, things that try to uh, chisel us and ch- you know, bring us down and you got to be careful about them folks. You got to be careful about those folks and all this stuff said in good intending words, but words that also tear down. You got, you, what you have to be careful of is those who are not all in in being determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. That's what you got to be careful of. But Paul says that he's he's writing this letter as an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and that Timothy our brother he's he's writing on behalf of timothy as well and he says he's writing this letter we see this in verse two to the saints and the faithful brothers in christ which are at Colossae. grace be unto you and peace from god our father and the lord jesus christ now, this verse is packed with wonderful truths, the first one being who the letter is to, saints. The word saints, describe. let's just, look, let's just go look at it together today while we're here. It's a hagios is the word, hagios, however you say it. You know us Texas folks can't pronounce anything right. It's always about this long. So, but the first definition of this is an awful thing. And it means not what you'd think it means, like awful and ugh. It means that it's sacred, physically pure, morally blameless, ceremonially consecrated, and here it comes, holy. A saint, one of the definitions of a saint is a holy one because we are the holy children of God. And... And we have to understand this. He's, He's writing this letter to the saints, the holy children of God and faithful brothers in Christ there in Colossae. And now the faithful brothers are saints and the saints are faithful brothers. But maybe he puts the word saints in there because... There's more than brothers. I'm sure there's women Christians there too. So it's too, there's not a division here, like there's saints over there and there's faithful brothers over there. The saints are faithful brothers and, and maybe faithful sisters, and the faithful brothers, well, they're faithful brothers and as we always say it's to the faithful sisters too because they're faithful women of God in the church and has been since the church was birthed and but he but notice the wording here and and you can't you can't just make this into what we want it to be the wording of this is precious because the Holy Spirit has given these words to the Apostle Paul to give not only to the church in Colossae, but to the church here wherever you might be, the church. The saints and the faithful people of God in Christ. That's where we're located. He, he The Holy Spirit here mentions our position, which is always of utmost importance, our position being In Christ and these are the ones the Christians the Saints the faithful brothers are in Colossae where this letter comes to for the reading and the gleaning from the great words of Jesus through the Holy Spirit to the Apostle Paul for you and me hallelujah and he says, Grace and peace be unto you, and peace, grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the Apostle Paul had the authority. From God, nobody else has since Since the, 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 the ones who he gave initial authority to write the words that we have in the Bible, the Word of God. No one else has the authority to add or to remove what's been written. Revelation tells us that if you add to the book, the plagues of the book will be added to you. And if you take away from the book, then your name will be removed From the book of life itself. So it's a dangerous thing to tamper. With the word of God. I'm telling you the devil tampers with it. Every moment. And mostly from the pulpits. But we've got to understand. That. The Lord gave Paul. These words to write to the church in Colossae. From his prison cell. And. And when he would write things such as, and he did many times, grace be unto you and peace... From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ that they didn't experience grace and peace just because Paul said grace and peace be unto you that would be mystical and magical and just things happening because the, the phrase grace and peace be unto you and that's not how God works the reality of this is the words that are written here the instruction the correction the enlightenment of who Christ is the preeminence of who Jesus Christ is that we'll read about in this letter is the very avenue through which, if we believe from the heart by faith. What was written in grace and peace can be ministered to us and we can be enlightened, strengthened, gain wisdom, walk in the great truths written here. And it's very important that we know that. If I just walk by you and say grace and peace be to you, my brother, that doesn't mean that you're going to begin walking in grace and peace because I said that to you. The grace and peace that God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ offers the church of Colossae is through what he has sent them in the words that they gave Paul, I say they—they they because the the will of God, the Father, through Christ by the Spirit, he Paul receives these words and he writes this letter that is so precious. And I can see how our flesh would say, "Well, I don't know about all that," but see, that's the flesh. The heart is where God looks upon and deals with, and the heart is the only part of us that can believe unto the righteousness of God's words, the righteousness of Christ. And so we need to understand these things, that it's what we're about to read in this letter that will allow our hearts, if found believing, not just say, oh, well, I believe all that. No, expecting the application of what we're about to read into our hearts by the Spirit. You see, the Spirit of God gave Paul these things to write so that he could take that a step further when it's read and presented to the church, and that means he can impart this truth into our hearts and cause our feet to walk in more truth. Eventually, the Bible says, all truth. And we do need to be found walking in all of the truth that we have received so far. Amen. We don't ever get rid of truth to make room for no more. That, that's not how this works. It's not like a closet that you've got to get stuff out to, to add new. Your heart, the Bible says, God will enlarge the closet, your heart, to be able to add more truth to it. And boy, isn't that precious? Isn't that good news? Hallelujah. So th- this is how God works. He sent his word to heal us, to save us, and to deliver us. And, but let's read this again. This letter is to the saints and faithful brothers. In Christ, that includes us right there because so are we in Christ. We may not have ever been in Colossae and never will be. But we are in Christ and we are faithful brothers and we are saints. Hallelujah! You might be a faithful sister in the Lord. Hallelujah. But it's grace be unto you in peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, I'm not going to repeat all that, but the only way that we're going to partake of grace and peace is if we'll believe what we read in the book of Colossae and allow the Holy Spirit through our simple faith, which you'll have to fight to be found keeping it, in the sacrifice of Christ alone. Hallelujah. See, this is what this is what the Holy Spirit does this is how he guides us into all truth. He he guide he was sent as the Spirit of Truth, Jesus said, to guide us into all truth. And he said, when he Jesus said when he comes, he will show you those things that are mine, that pertain to me. That means what he provided for us at Calvary. So our faith has to remain in the sacrifice, the death of Jesus. And if it is, then what we are studying in the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will continually enhance our view of the Lamb which is where he is delivering us always to under the death of Jesus the Lamb so that we can partake of that divine nature through faith in the Word. See, the Word will never distract you From the Lamb of God. It will always enhance your view of the Lamb and strengthen the the very working of the Holy Spirit in you for the will of God and what God wants to do through you. Let me say that again. The the word of God, the word of the truth of the gospel, all of God's word will never distract you from the Lamb of God. It will always enhance your view of the Lamb and reveal more and more to you of the Lamb and the provision provided by God through his Lamb at Calvary. And, and, And the more that you allow God to deliver you unto the death of his son, the more you'll get to experience him through faith in the word of God. Amen. Amen. I I just love this reality of God delivering us always to the death of Jesus so that we can express the life of Jesus and remember we live by faith and we walk by faith and that comes from hearing God's word but God's word is always going to to enlighten Jesus he is the living word and if we're getting distracted from him and what he did at Calvary then we're not seeing God's word properly Amen. So verse 3 tells us, as he writes here, we, obviously, the Apostle Paul and Timothy and whoever else may be there supporting the ministry of Paul, we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ praying always for you. It, this is a, a reality of those who are growing and maturing in the things of the Lord. One, one of the first signs that you are, that, that you, let me put it this way. One of the first signs that you could be growing and maturing is that you're praying more and more and more and more. Now, now you got to understand what I'm saying. There's a lot of people that pray an awful lot of a a lot of time. They spend a lot of time praying, uh, but so do a lot of false cults and Uh, False religions, and you, you know, the only way that we can pray properly is if we're praying to the Father in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is Yeshua. It means Jehovah is salvation. It means salvation, the name of Jesus. And when we pray, we must have our faith anchored in the sacrifice of Christ. And my friends, I'm not talking about just some nonchalant attitude. of, well, of course we believe in the cross. No, I'm talking about a conscious and deliberate faith. I'm trusting, I'm depending on, I'm relying in that what Jesus did for me at Calvary gives me the, 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 the power to be able to pray in his name where the power lies through faith in what he did at Calvary, that which exalted him and gave him the name he has above every other name this must be so our faith listen let's explain it another way jesus says he is the door he says it twice in john 10 what made him the door to god is his death and it, it opened up and god reached out through him and attempted to show you that he loves you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and the death of Jesus is the view view God gives to, to manifest his love for you and if you'll believe it, He'll reach out and immerse you right into the death of His Son, bringing you into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 6, 3. He immerses us by His Spirit into the death of Jesus, the very place that He, from that moment on, every moment, will deliver you unto so that your prayers can be heard, so that your walk will be upright, so that you can express Him instead of ourselves the rest of our lives or the preachers or the denominations or some fad or some thing we're doing. We can express Christ, hallelujah. So we've got to understand that prayer is always to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, the Son of the living God, the one who gave his life on Calvary's cross. Uh, You know, Peter wrote concerning prayer that if a man doesn't treat his wife right as a co-equal heir of grace uh, then his prayers will be hindered and so you can be righteous like Peter was and you can be saved and righteous and, and, and you can be treating your wives wrong and even though the Bible says the prayers of a righteous man will avail much uh, your prayers can be hindered even though you're a righteous man if you're not functioning according According to that righteousness, which means your faith being in the sacrifice of Christ. There you'll find the wisdom and the power to be able to treat your wife as a co-equal heir of grace and not like some lower level somebody or some higher level somebody controlling you, but you'll be able to treat her properly according to the word of God. Hallelujah. See, that's just good stuff. But we have to pray to the Father. And what I was going to say about Jesus becoming the door is that there is no door open to God for worship, for giving. For uh, prayer, except through the door of His death, it does not have. There's no door open to the throne of God, even for the child of God, except through faith in the blood, His death. Without that conscious decision, legitimate. In the forefront of my mind, Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I thank you that he died for me so I could be forgiven and that I died with him so that I could become a new creation, hallelujah, created in him, and now my union is found in His death, my faith in His death, my trusting, my yielding to His death for me. And I find my union there with Him because your word tells me I'm crucified with Him. Hallelujah, crucified, dead, and buried and hidden with him. Hallelujah, glory be to God. So I don't want to stay on prayer too long, but he does mention prayer even in verse 9 again. He says they do not cease to pray for them. Prayer becomes, and I said it recently in our one of our worship services, and it's so true. If you're maturing and growing in the Lord you're going to be found praying more and more and more and most of the time it's not even going to be about anything pertaining to you. It's going to be prayer for others, prayer for other believers, prayer that your family would be saved, prayer for those of your family that claim they're saved but they're out there like we were at one time, not living saved. Pray. I'm talking about not even, not even having really a desire. It appears to, to live. Uh, with uh, to express the salvation that they have, and also praying for Christians that claim they're living and serving God, but they got their faith in everything but the sacrifice and, and it's obvious because they're teaching everything and pointing to everything but the sacrifice. So prayer becomes something that just becomes a part of our uh, life, continual living see you know don't don't stop praying our lives or uh, we're told to live and pray without ceasing. That is the will of God. And we'll find ourselves doing that through faith in the sacrifice of Christ if that is where our faith is. I'm not talking about singing a song or, or just that nonchalant attitude. Well, of course, brother, we believe in the cross. We believe that too. No, I'm talking about seeing everything you see in the light of Calvary's. Christ walking in his footsteps, hallelujah, praying in his name, meaning faith in what he did for you at Calvary. Glory be to God. So Paul says, we, they're plural there, give, so he's writing, and another thing that helps us maybe to see that it, Timothy was probably there with him, we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints. This is, this is such a powerful uh, portion of Scripture that we're reading here. Paul got word of the saints in Colossae, uh, the faithful brothers, the, all the saints there, the faithful sisters, all those who were in Christ, the church in Colossae. He heard of their faith in Christ Jesus, meaning that they were believing in Christ Jesus. They had accepted him as the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the one who died on the cross, the tree for them to forgive them of their sins. They they had accepted that great truth. They believed it in the heart and were made righteous in Christ Jesus. And not only did they hear of their faith in Christ Jesus, but they heard of the love which they had to all the saints. A love that you have for all the people. Now you got to be careful with, you got to be very careful when you start talking about the love of God, the love of Christ that's to all the people. Because in today's uh, church, world, if you will. All that it's allowed to come in to the church and to be able to distort the true meaning of love and where you have to look to see love. It's so distorted that you've got people allowing homosexuals to be in their pulpit In the name of love. You've got men who know the message of the cross and know that God won't work outside or save outside of one's faith in the cross, allowing men to come in and preach uh, drunk on false doctrine, offering that intoxication to their flock, uh, all in the name of love. And my friend, love doesn't rejoice in iniquity. It only rejoices in the truth, and it guards the flock. Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? And then he told him, if you love me, then you're going to feed my sheep. You're going to feed my lambs. You're going to feed my people. And there's only one meal on the table. And that's the flesh and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So when we talk about love, the manifest love is only found when we're experiencing faith in Christ. That's what saved us when we manifest from our hearts, when our hearts believed unto Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's what we believed. Our hearts believed unto righteousness. And it was us beginning to experience in that moment the love of God. Because Romans 5 and 5 says he shed that love abroad in our hearts. And that is the experience of our first love when we were born again. And that love begins to be expressed to all the saints of God. Now, you have to understand, in today's church, and it's no different than it's always been, it just seems to be worse now Uh, for some reason. I think it's because the deceptive time we're living in is greater than ever before. But sometimes uh, love looks like evil to those that don't know and aren't walking in the truth of Christ and Him crucified. You know, the Bible says, Paul wrote to Timothy, And he told him that in the last days there will be people calling good evil and evil good. Well, along that same, those same lines, as people calling love hate and hate love. That's just it's going on. Love will correct. The Bible says that the Lord chastens those who are His. And my friends, He does that a lot of times through ministers. Why do you think they killed all the prophets of old? Because God was chastening Israel through the prophets. And they got this plumb sick of being chastened by God through the prophets. And they thought they could get rid of uh, the problem uh, that they... It wasn't a problem with God, but it was what they were calling a problem. But the Bible says he's zealous over us with a great love. And that's why he's going to chasten us. And, and that's what he was doing with Israel. But they thought getting rid of the prophets would get rid of their problem, but you can't get rid of God. And He's going to chasten you if you belong to Him. So some of us need to stop for a minute and back up and say, where am I in this? Where am I in what I hear and what I see going on? Am I really walking and functioning in love? Because I am not loving my brothers and sisters if I sit and listen to them Uh, doing wrong or involved in false doctrine and I don't say anything. I don't have to condemn them but I am obligated to bring the word of God and lay it out. I've done that many times by the grace, the spirit of grace and through the years and some people are appreciative but more times than not they get angry because when the sound doctrine is presented If somebody's trusting in something that's not sound, well, if they don't repent, there's only one other option, and that's to get angry. So, you know, we have to be careful what we do with love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son on the cross, and all who believe in him will not perish But shall have everlasting life. Now there's a warning even in John 316. And we don't we most people don't even recognize that, but the warning is there, and God could just have easily said it this way you're going to perish if you don't believe upon the Son that I gave for you on Calvary's cross because I love you. That's not how he worded it. And if we got I won't today, but if we got right down in the literal Greek of what was written there, we'd see something uh, like a little different, even even important too, but, but that, that's not what I'm doing here today. What I'm doing here today is trying to get us to see that sometimes when God is reaching for us through his mercy and his love, we got to be careful that we're not a part of the party that'll cut the head off of John the Baptist or crucify Jesus again afresh to our lives we got to be careful. Love is going to rejoice in the truth. Love is going to correct. Love is going uh, to come and... Chasing us the love of God and he may do it just personally to you often in your privacy of your home or your vehicle going down the road Or he may use your pastor in a congregation Or he may use somebody that just walks down the street and walks by you and delivers the word to you But you better just be thankful God comes to point you back to Calvary because if he it, listen if it's involving love It's involving the cross And if it's and if it's falling short of love, it's because it's only moving into emotions and feelings and away from the truth of Calvary. We need to remember that, but the Apostle Paul says, we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints. Now, I'm not going to skip anything, but I want you to take your eyes down the page to verse 8, where he says uh, that also their love was declared unto them, and this love is is the love in the Spirit. So he clarifies a little bit more here that it's got to be love in the Spirit. This love which we have to all the saints has got to be love in the Spirit. See, there's some clarity we need to have there on that, and we'll get into it more as we work our way down. But before we go back and do that, I just want to say love has got to be in the spirit and you got to be careful big time today trying to get on google and see what the world says it means to be found walking in the spirit just this past week uh, a lady uh, uh posted on social media and said sin was addressed at calvary and now all you have to do is deny yourself take up your cross and follow jesus And another lady blasted her and said, "No, you do not have to take up your cross, deny self. Jesus paid it all, and all you have to do is walk in the spirit, my friend. Let me say this: and scripturally, nobody right now in this moment is walking in the spirit unless their faith is anchored deliberately and consciously." In the death of Jesus, Galatians 5 teaches us that. Galatians 5 teaches us that. Uh, Years ago, the, the most spiritual person in a church that everybody thought was the most spiritual person in the church was asked the question, I was there, I heard it, how do you walk in the spirit? And the answer was, just love people. Just love people. Well, my friend, if you don't know what it means to walk in the Spirit, you're not going to be able to love people in the Spirit. And nobody's loving anybody in the Spirit unless they're walking in the Spirit. Let me say that again. Nobody is loving anyone in the Spirit unless they're walking in the Spirit. And Galatians 5 reveals how. How, not just however we want to, but how that is done. By faith in the sacrifice, the death of Jesus. And again, I have to say just like the ministers always have had to say, not just some nonchalant, well of course we we believe in the cross. No. Now, faith is substance. Faith is substance and it is our evidence of what we're hoping for so let me say this no, you can't love in the spirit unless you're walking in the spirit and you can't walk in the spirit according to the Word of God unless your faith is consciously and deliberately in the death of Jesus That's why 2 Corinthians 4.11, we find God, the Holy Spirit, always delivering us who are alive unto the death of Jesus so that we might express the life of Jesus in these mortal bodies. That's what your Bible says. That's where the reason He delivers us unto death always is so that we can walk in the Spirit, and while we're walking in the Spirit, we can love each other in the Spirit. But, my friend, the reason there's a lack of love in the church. And there's so much division is because it's not love in the Spirit because most don't know how to walk in the Spirit. And many times, even those of us who do, we choose not to. Can I get a witness? Come on, somebody. It may be for minutes, it may be for hours, it may be for a week, a month. God forbid, you keep going, it'll be for years. And you'll find yourself in a world of mess because you get to choose after you're born again which two avenues you're going to serve. Are you going to serve the sin nature like you used to by trusting in something other than the cross of Christ alone and the fruit only being that of death? Or Are you going to choose to serve Obedience unto righteousness, which is the obedience of Christ and what he did by being obedient unto death, unto righteousness as our fruit, Romans 6.16. Because there's not a third option and it's moment by moment we get to choose. And that's why always our God is delivering us unto death so that we can always be found walking in the Spirit and loving God. In the Spirit. Now that ought to bless you this morning because it's blessing me. Hallelujah. So watch this now. In verse 5, he's, the word for there, F O R, at the beginning of a Bible verse means because. So let's back up and read verse 4 and then into verse 5 the proper way. He says in verse 4, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, your faith in Christ Jesus that's the faith we live by the faith of Christ Jesus the faith that you received when you were born again that measure of faith is is, is 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 you only received it because your heart trusted unto righteousness being the righteousness of faith the faith of Christ his righteousness his faith hallelujah and we know and we know that All men in the world do not have the measure of faith that we were dealt by God when we were born again. Because if they did, then that means they'd have the power before they were saved to not think more highly of themselves than they ought to. That's in that same verse of Romans chapter 12, verse 3. And they don't have that kind of faith. They have faith to believe anything they want to. They can believe in Satan. They can believe in themselves. But to believe upon Christ, they got to hear the gospel. The faith has to be preached to them. The faith of the gospel, the faith of the Son of God. Hallelujah. And when their heart yields to that, God deals to that man. Every believer the measure of faith and its only function is Its only place of functioning is in Christ Jesus. It won't function outside of Christ, hallelujah. So it functions in Christ Jesus, that faith, (laughs) hallelujah. And, And they heard of the love which they had to all the saints because the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. See, they they heard this gospel, and the gospel convicted them. The Holy Spirit convicted them that there is a heaven, but there is a hell. And there is a Savior who died so they wouldn't have to die in the guilt of their sins and trespasses. They could be forgiven, saved from their sins, and they believed it, hallelujah. And they, they heard that there was a hope laid up in heaven for them, Glory be to God. Watch what it says. Because the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. Mm. See, here is a very powerful Bible verse, and we'll have to quit here today, and we'll have to take back up here the next time. I'm just going to color this verse here blue, so I'll know where to start out next time. Uh, They, Paul says, we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have to all the saints because the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth. So here we have a confirmation that those things that are laid up in heaven for us, we don't have to be distracted from the gospel and go talk about the things in heaven that are laid up for us. No, we learn about them and all things through the word of the truth of the gospel. That's the only avenue of hearing the voice of God. He speaks from heaven through the blood, allowing his word to be the lamp to our feet and the light that Christ is to us for our path of righteousness. Hallelujah. The righteousness of faith. We walk by faith on the path of the righteousness of faith. Of faith. Hallelujah. Good stuff. Praise be to God. So we're going to go ahead and quit here, but I'm going to read verse 5 one more time. It's beautiful, it's a treasure chest. It is a treasure chest of great hope and wisdom, strength and power, peace and joy and everything other that God is offering us, it can only come through the word of the truth of the gospel, even the things, the hope that is laid up for us in heaven. Hallelujah. So don't forget that. Don't forget that. This is why, listen, if we move away from the place God is delivering us unto always, which is the death of Jesus, where that blood was shed, I'm talking about the place we first believed in, what Christ. Did for us at Calvary. We're not going to hear God properly. We're going to handle God's uh, word improperly. We're going to mishandle God's word. Even in the Old Testament, when God was having Moses and Israel build the tabernacle, He He told them when it came time to build the Ark of the Covenant and put the Mercy Seat on the top of it. He said in Exodus 25, you can find this. He says. He says, here's where I'll meet with you and here's where I'll commune with you, where the blood would be poured out. you got to understand this, my friends. You're not going to hear from God if you're not hearing through faith in the sacrifice. You can read the Word and it's not going to do anything for you unless you're seeing it in the light of the Lamb that enhances the view of God's great redemptive plan. In that, you'll learn how to pray. In that, you'll learn how to minister. In that, you'll learn how to love. You don't have to go off on a, a separate trail all about love or faith or repentance without the sacrifice. No, my friend, you got to deny yourself Take that cross up daily so that you can continue to follow Jesus as a disciple, a learner of all truth. Glory be to God. Man, I've got plum excited today. Uh, I can already tell this is going to be a great, great uh, session for us, those who have ears to hear, meaning those who have spirit-taught hearts, uh, those that God is able to bring back to the focus of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So make sure you tune in with us on Mondays and Fridays at noon lunchtime and just eat your bloney sandwich there with us, and bowl of soup, whatever it is you're having. and Prepare, put your earbuds in if you're on the job, turn it on going down the road. Just join us and be a part of this great Lunch where there's more than sandwiches and chips and soup. My goodness, there's words of everlasting life written here for us. Glory be to God. And again, that's Mondays and Fridays here at 12 noon and uh, here in the book of Colossians. And so uh, tune in and be a part uh, of what God's doing through this ministry. And I promise you, if you're hungry, the Lord's going to feed you. If you're hungry for truth, he's going to impart it right into your heart And I just give him all the praise, all the praise for what he's doing right now. He put us here for such a time as this. And he's going to use us greatly in the days ahead in spite of the mountains of opposition. They mean nothing to God. They become planes, and we march right through. And God gives us everywhere the sole of our foot touches, wherever he guides. Praise be to God. God bless you all richly. And I pray that His touch be upon you in all the areas that you need Him today. I pray that He touch your body, soul, and spirit today in a mighty way. And if He stirs you, pray for us. If He stirs you to give an offering to Him through this ministry, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903 231 5950. God bless you. I love you. And I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.